can join us out in the foyer and get all the information that you need. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? We're going to welcome our senior pastor, Jonathan Wilson, to the platform. Thank you, Jess. Appreciate that. give the worship team a hand. Do you like our new sound system? Well, the good news is that um, that sound system was installed by a Spanish church that is going to be meeting in our building from 12.30 through to 6 o'clock each Sunday when we're not here. And uh, so that's going to be a great for a number of reasons. Number one, it's going to give them a location where they're going to, where they're going to be able to meet. Um, they installed this sound system of which we are beneficiaries. And uh, it also means that um, we, they are able to help contribute to the cost of running our church. So that's good news. And uh, so we're very thankful for that. Um, I felt that God spoke to me uh, a while ago about the parable of the talents when it came to our building. Oh, by the way, uh, no, stay standing. It's okay. Won't, I, I have to stand, so I think maybe it's okay if you stand. Um, I, I spoke, uh, was thinking about the parable of the talents. And for 18, for however long it was, a year, this building was empty. But you know, we had to keep paying rent. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but... They didn't say, okay, you're not using it. You don't have to pay rent. We had to keep paying rent. But the building was empty. And I thought, well, this is God's house. So we can use it, and we're using it. We have one service on Sunday, and then we have a lot happening during the week. But when we go, this place is empty. It's lifeless. You bring so much life to the building. And uh, so we have an opportunity here to be able to be working together in kingdom partnership. And the sound system today is the fruit of that kingdom partnership. So thank God for that. Um, so I think they're going to be starting in a couple of weeks' time. We'll keep you posted on that, and it will be great. All right, let me pray. Father God, I pray today that as I share the word that you would speak through me. Holy Spirit, may you illuminate our hearts May you open the eyes of our understanding, and may you cause revelation to, to, to rise and faith to rise in our hearts. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, today I want to start a new series called 52 Days. Everyone say that, 52 Days. 52 Days, and I started the uh, series... Um, in a sense, a prelude, a, pre, a pre, prelude, a prelude to the series last week called uh, Rebuild, Repair, Restore. And I, if you weren't here, I, can I encourage you to listen to the message? It's on our podcast. It's on uh, YouTube because it gives the background to the message, and I don't want to uh, repeat that, but I do want to set the scene a little bit for us as we step into this series, which I'm going to be continuing in over the next 52 days, or rather the next seven weeks leading up to Thanksgiving. 
And uh, the whole series is based on the story of Nehemiah. Just to give you a very, very quick synopsis, Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians in 586 BC. The uh, Jews were taken into captivity to Babylon where they were for 70 years in fulfillment of Jeremiah's prophecy. And after 70 years, the return to the land began with a decree from Cyrus, who was the Persian emperor uh, or Persian king. And the first return took place under Zerubbabel, who began to rebuild the temple. And this was a rather prolonged, uh, protracted uh, rebuilding program. And then finally, the temple was rebuilt and worship was restored under Ezra, but the city walls were still broken down. And Nehemiah heard about the condition of the city walls, and his heart was stirred and moved about the fact that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. And so he spoke to the king, Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes, and he asked the king if he could return to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And the king agreed. And so Nehemiah returned to rebuild the city walls, and uh, he was given provision by King Artaxerxes. Never underestimate who's going to provide for the vision that you have for your life. Never underestimate that God can work through someone like an Artaxerxes to help you build your vision and your divine purpose. And so here we are, Nehemiah comes back and he, he arrives at the city. Last week, I talked about the first principle of rebuilding. And I want to, uh, I want to uh, elaborate on that or I want, to, I want to talk about three facets of that re that relate to us. But um, in 52 days, think about this. In 52 days, they rebuilt the city walls that had been broken down for... 140 odd years in 52 days. The walls, just so that we get a perspective of the magnitude of what they accomplished, the city of Jerusalem, the walls were 2.5 miles in circumference. To be precise, 2.4966 miles. Their average height was 12 meters, that's, or 39 uh, over 39 feet, almost 40 feet in height, and the average thickness of the walls was about eight over eight feet. So you think about how much stone, how much rock was in those walls. Some of the foundation stones, if you've been to, to uh, Israel, you've seen some of the foundation stones of the city of Jerusalem were 50 tons in size. So we're talking about a huge building project, but they did it in 52 days. They rebuilt the walls and all of the city gates. Depending on who you, t what, you know, commentaries you look at, there were either, there were between 7 and 12 gates in Jerusalem at different times of their history. All of those numbers have significance, but at the time of Nehemiah, many people say there were eight gates that were rebuilt. Eight is the number of new beginnings, so I'm sticking with eight. And uh, the, the walls spoke of 
spiritually, when it comes to the spiritual application, walls speak about the structures of our life, the structure of our, of our uh, home life, our work life, our social life, our society. And the enemy wants to tear those down. The last 18 months are a great example of how the enemy has, through COVID, has been able to tear down many of the structures, including the church, where uh, church attendance globally is, is, is nowhere near what it was before. And now the church is in the process of rebuilding. What the enemy, Jesus said the enemy came to what? Rebuild. No, the enemy came to kill, to steal, to destroy. He wants to tear down every wall of every structure in our lives. And gates speak about authority. The enemy also wants to take away authority, our authority. If you, anyone who submits to the enemy's authority will lose their authority. But here's the good news. If we submit to Christ's authority, he gives us authority. The enemy takes away our authority. Christ gives us our authority. So here we have this picture. They did this in 52 days. And so how does this apply to us? We can rebuild the structures of our lives. We can reestablish any authority that has been lost in 52 days. And that's what I want our church to get a hold of in the next 52 days I'm believing God that we can be involved in a serious rebuilding project in our own lives, in our home life, in our work life, in our church life, and we can rebuild in 52 days just as, as uh, Nehemiah did. That rebuilding is, is going to be spirit, soul, and body. Why did I not say body, soul, and spirit, which is often the way we go? Because we are, first of all, spiritual beings. And we, our life is built from the inside out, spirit, soul, and body. We're in a 52-day rebuilding process. And I want to encourage you, not just in the messages that we're going to have over the coming weeks, over the next seven weeks, I want to encourage you to to take up the challenge. Here's the interesting thing. As I was thinking about this, and I, I really believe this is a God idea. As I was thinking about this and being moved by the Holy Spirit, I got out my diary on, or I got out my calendar on my iPhone, and I counted the number of days from this Tuesday, which is our first Tuesday when we all gather as a church together. How many days from this first Tuesday to Thanksgiving? Guess how many days there are? 52 days. And I felt like that was a confirmation of what God put in my spirit, that between now and Thanksgiving in 52 days, we can do some serious damage to the damage the enemy has made or created in our lives and in the church. And whether it's to do with our spirit, spiritual life or our soul or our mind or whether it's to do with our physical body, whatever it may be, we can do, we can rebuild and be in this rebuilding process, spirit, soul, and body. And so I want to encourage you. I'm going to bring a call to action. 
at the end of this message um, so that we don't all go away and, and eat whatever it is we're going to eat, you know, pasta al dente with garlic bread or whatever and go into a food coma. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but we can go away from this place stirred. Hey, you and I individually, you and I collectively, we can rebuild in the same way that Nehemiah did. Are you with me? Whether you're here or whether you're online or whether you're watching later, 52 days of rebuilding. And here's the interesting thing. Anyone from a Catholic background would have done 40 days of Lent leading up to Easter, 40 days of not eating red meat, 40 days of, of, of some kind of abstinence or fasting during those 40 days. At the beginning of the year, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. But now we have an opportunity of 52 days of rebuilding spirit, soul, and body. So here's some principles I, pr I think that will help us. The first thing, and I talked about this last week, is the first thing we have to do if we are rebuilding what's been broken down or what's been lost is we have to inspect the damage. We have to inspect the damage. Nehemiah went out, I talked about this last week, and he, he went out on his donkey in the middle of the night, and he inspected the damage of the walls before he did anything else. That was the very first thing he did. And he looked at the damage from every angle. So without repeating last week's message, can I ask you or encourage you, take a walk, take a walk around your life. Take a walk around the city walls and look at it from every single angle so that we know what we need to rebuild in our spiritual life, in our thought life, in our emotional life, in our physical life and our health. Um, and here's the interesting thing. Do it from a perspective where uh, we're... Where not just the angle, not just the areas that we like to look at. Last week, it just came to me during my message that there are a number of celebrities, one that I can think of, that only wanted to, would only allow photographs to be taken of a particu particular angle of their face. Well, we can't live life li like that. We've got to look at every angle. You know, the, uh, uh, every angle. I don't look, I like looking at photos at the back of my head. I used to have more hair. Something happened, but I can't bury my head in the sand. The fact of the matter is, I need to lay hands on my head every day. Well, at least I'm not, not like the Apostle Paul who said, I die daily. I don't need to die. Sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, but... You know, like they say, all good men come out on top. Oh, sorry. Okay. We can't live like that. We have to look at our lives from every single angle. So last week, let's get that. Uh, first thing is to inspect the damage. So here's how we do that. Number one, if we're going to inspect the damage, if we're going to rebuild, number one, we must do it in humility. In humility. 
Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 13. I went out by night through the valley gate. This is Nehemiah speaking. To the serpent well and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of the Jerusalem which were broken down and the gates which were burned with fire. Nehemiah went out through the valley gate. He started his inspection at the valley gate. The valley represents humility. Nehemiah started his inspection of the damage by entering through the gate of humility. He went down into the valley. He humbled himself as he inspected the damage of the walls of the city. Any inspection of the damage in our lives or of any area of the sphere of our influence has to be done by entering through the gate of humility. G.K. Chesterton, who was a great author in the last century, uh, responded to a, an a, a invitation from the Times newspaper in London to write an open letter to the Times stating what was wrong with the world, what the problem was, what's wrong with the world today. And he sent back this essay, which was a simple one-line response. Dear sir, I am yours, G.K. Chesterton. What's wrong with the world? Me. And the problem is, often when we look at inspecting or repairing the damage, we don't go enter into that inspection through the gate of humility. We enter into it through the gate of pride. Because there are things we don't want to have to look at. There are things that we don't want to have to admit. There are things that we, we don't want to see blind spots that we all have in our lives. And G.K. Chesterton's answer is absolutely brilliant. What's the problem with the world? The problem with the world is me. The world is what it is, and I will do everything I want to do, but like someone once said, I want to be the change I want to see in my world. Jesus said, take the log out of your own eye before you take the spot out of someone else's eye. In other words, first attend to your own life and what needs to change. And if you read the newspapers today or if you go on social media today or if you look at what the, 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 the answer to that open letter to the Times is not me, it's everyone else. Thank you for that underwhelming response. The answer is everyone else. What's the problem? In, in the world, everyone else. What's the problem with, uh, in the world? The political politics, or the, this is the problem, or the response to COVID is the problem, or this is the, no, the problem is here. It begins with us. And if we want to change, and if we want to rebuild, it has to build with us. Don't look at your spouse and say, well, if you change, then I'll change. No, it begins with us. And don't nudge your spouse if you just did. It begins with us. 
I read this in a book by Larry Crabb, who was a Christian psychologist, many, many years ago, decades ago, and it stuck with me ever since. And he wrote this about sin. He said, at the core of sin lies a commitment to independence and self-protection. And if you go back to the beginning in the book of Genesis, you find that the two things that Adam and Eve did was they were independent from God, and when they realized that they had sinned, they went and hid in the garden in order to protect themselves. So there has to be a level of vulnerability. There has to be a level of humility if we're going to inspect the damage correctly. And it requires an honest assessment and evaluation of ourselves with an attitude of humility. Our human nature is resistant to self-analysis. Pride is the enemy of restoration. Are we going to enter this next this 52 days through the gate of pride or through the gate of humility? We're going to have to enter it just as Nehemiah did through the valley gate, through the gate of humility. And then Nehemiah goes out, and he encounters so much rubble that he gets to a place where his donkey that he's riding can't make its way through the rubble. Nehemiah 2.14, then we went to the fountain gate and the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. There was so much accumulated rubble and stones that the donkey couldn't proceed. Now, depending on what commentaries you read, some commentaries say that he turned around and went round through the Kidron Valley to inspect the other gates. Some say that he had to dismount from his donkey because he couldn't get through the rubble on his donkey. Now, the donkey in the Bible speaks of two things. It speaks about humility. Jesus came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, but a donkey also speaks about stubbornness. Heard the saying, as stubborn as a mule. And hey, our stubbornness does not want us to go through the rubble at times. It won't allow us to go through the rubble. And we're going to have to dismount and get off our high horse if we're going to rebuild the walls in our lives that need to be rebuilt. The only way that we're going to be able to rebuild is from a position or attitude of humility. The second thing is in solitude. He did it in solitude. He did this on his own. Nehemiah 2.11, so I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. Do we have some of these scriptures to go up on the screen. I didn't tell anyone about my plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate. So everything that um, Nehemiah did in the inspection, he did it in solitude. Now, I know that he took a few people with him, and I know that he, um, it says here, I, taking only a few others with him. But Nehemiah wanted to do this in solitude. In other words, free from distraction. 
I think we live in the most distract, distracted age in history. I mean, someone help me turn off the notifications on my phone, please. Because every five seconds I have a notification on my phone that demands my attention. Every time we try to do something, the phone rings or someone calls us or something comes up. We, we are permanently distracted, interrupted at, on, at every front because the demands of the life with which we live are so demanding. And what those things do is they detract from our ability to take time in solitude to pause, to ponder, to think about those things in our lives that we need to change or those things in our lives that we need to rebuild. And so he did this in solitude. He took time to look at every angle of the problem in solitude. And here's the thing. Nehemiah let the vision of what needed to change grow in him personally in solitude before he communicated it. And sometimes we're so quick to communicate what needs to happen. He's not keeping it quiet. Uh, he's keeping it quiet, rather. He's, he's letting the vision grow in him. He's, 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 he's letting this become a part of him. He's internalizing and meditating and thinking of what God wants to do in him. And the mission that God has given to him is growing like a baby in a mother's womb until it's ready to be communicated. Sometimes we are so quick to come out with what we're going to do. How many of you know it's one thing to speak, it's another thing to do. And the only one I know who speaks and things happen is God. We speak, then we need to make them happen. Just like a baby growing in a womb. And I don't know whether I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But Jake and Raquel are expecting their first baby. Congratulations. And I was going to do it when you were here on the platform, but I thought, what a great, what a great time to talk about that. We're so happy for you. But just like a baby growing inside a mother's womb, we've got to let those things that God, the seed of God's word, grow in us. And he did this in solitude. So we're going to need to do get some alone time. Get some time on your own, away from your spouse, away from the TV, away from your distractions. Turn your phone off. Have some time alone with God. And let God speak to you in solitude, in an attitude of humility. And then the third thing we notice, it was in the night. He went out in the night through the valley gate to the serpent well, Nehemiah 2, verse 13. And the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which were burned by fire. He went out in the night. What does that mean? He went out without fanfare. He didn't make a big hoopla about it. He went out quietly in solitude in the night. 
He did not want everyone to know what he's doing, what he was doing. Free from observation of other people. Free from interference from others. Free from the activity and busyness of the day. In the stillness of the night when there was no sound and there was no movement. Things become clearer in the still of the night. We all know that in fact our worries can become greater in the still of the night. But things can become clearer in the still of the night if our focus is on God. David said this, Psalm 63 and verse 6, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate and thoughtfully focus on you in the night watches. What were the night watches? The night watches was, the night was divided up into watches where soldiers would watch the city during the night. And so during the night, he would focus and meditate on God and God would speak to him. So first of all, this is in humility. We do this in humility. We inspect it in humility. We inspect the walls and the gates in solitude. We expect the, inspect the walls and the gates in, in, in the night. You see, so often when we have a vision, and I'm not talking necessarily about the vision of 52 days because I want you to share that. I want to encourage you to shout this from the housetops. But when it comes to what you're doing and what we're doing individually, personally, on the inside of our lives, Sometimes we're too quick to say, oh, well, I'm going to do this. Uh, uh, you know, how often have we said something and we know within two, you know, most New Year's resolutions last about two days. I learned back in the day, anyone remember when cameras used to have a film in it, a physical film in? And you couldn't let the film, you couldn't get light to the film. I called a friend in England that I haven't spoken to for a long time, my oldest friend in school, and I reminded him about a concert that we went to 50 years ago in September of this year, 50 years. And we chatted and talked, and I, he, he's a very keen photographer, well-known photographer in England, and he, I, I remember his early days, we would go into the dark room, and we would develop films, and there'd be this, the, the, the film would be, projected onto light-sensitive paper, and, and then it would be put in the, I can still smell the, the chemicals from the, from the uh, developing chemicals, and, and you don't let the film into the light until it's fully developed. There's a life principle there. Don't let the thing that God is imprinting on your heart and spirit into the light until it's fully developed in your spirit. Then you can show it to the world. Then you can show it to people. Then they're going to be able to see it. So thirdly, those ideas that are bursting in us. I mean... It's not hard. Over the years, I've been, over the years, so often, 
it's easy to say we should do this and they should do that and the government should do this and these people should do that and these people should do this and these people should do that. And, but actually, what am I going to do? And it comes back to each and every one of us as individuals. And so Nehemiah said to the people after he'd inspected the damage, he said to them, who is there among you who will build with me? And he put out the call to action. And everyone that was there, they all came together. They rallied around Nehemiah to rebuild the walls. And the only reason that they were able to rebuild the walls was that everyone rallied together. And so as we rebuild the walls in our own lives, spirit, soul, and body, we also want to rebuild the walls of our church and our gathering and our community that the enemy has tried to dismantle and fragment and, and disconnect so that we can build together over the next 52 years and see some significant uh, growth. And I'm not just talking numerically, but I am talking numerically some significant visible growth. Matthew Henry, one of the oldest comment, one, you know, commentator from centuries ago said about this, about Nehemiah. When Nehemiah had considered the matter, he told the Jews that God, what God had put in his heart to build the wall of Jerusalem. There comes a time. He declared it. He told it. He does not undertake to do it without them. By stirring up ourselves and one another to that which is good, we strengthen ourselves and one another. We are weak in our duty when we are cold and careless. And so Nehemiah put out the call to action. And to all those who were called to action, just as Cyrus the Persian emperor or Persian king said, Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. And in Nehemiah, Nehemiah says, I told them of the hand of God which had been good upon me and also of the king's word that he had spoken to me. So they said, this is the people, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. And what I'm saying to us as a church today is let us rise up and build. And so I want to leave with a call to action. What does this mean for us to rebuild body, soul, and spirit? And I want to encourage you to join with me in a 52-day rebuilding challenge. Five things that we can do every day. Simple things that will make a significant difference. Number one, and we're going to be sharing this with you on Instagram and on social media and I encourage you to do this to look at our social media our Insta stories and Insta posts number one read your Bible spend 15 minutes in God's Word every day for 52 days and if you want a version of the Bible that's refreshing 
This one is an amazing one, and we have this available, the story. And it's written in a way that is a, is a very approachable, the story of the Bible. It is the Word of God. It's taken from the extracts from the New International Version of the Bible. Or read your own Bible, but read the Bible 15 minutes a day. Secondly, pray. Spend 15 minutes a day in God's presence. Now, you may say, oh, I don't know how to pray for 15 minutes. Well, that's fine. You can learn in this next 52 days. And if you come on Tuesday night, I'll teach you how to pray through the Lord's Prayer. But take 15 minutes to thank God, to talk to God. Just talk to Him. I mean, you talk to your friends for an hour and a half on the phone. You can talk to God for 15 minutes. Have a conversation with Him. Talk to God about what you just read in the Word. God, I do not understand what, what that means. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Talk to God. Focused. 15 minutes focused in God's presence. Third thing is be in church every Sunday for the next seven weeks. Are you reading my lips? Be in church every Sunday for the next seven weeks. Well, you say, well, I can't do that. I have a trip planned or I have this. That's fine. But while you're in town, be in the house of God for seven weeks in a row. Make it a priority. It's not either or, it's and. I want to go and see the air show today at Huntington Beach, but I'm in church. Not right now at 11.10 on, in a boat. I'm looking at the end game. I'm looking at what's most important, but it's not either or, it's and. And if you do have a boat and you're going out there, please invite me because I'd love to go with you. I'll put my hand up to go with you. So thirdly, be in church for the next seven weeks as much as you possibly can. Do everything you can. Fourthly, pick a diet of your choice. Whatever that diet may be, pick that diet and stick to it. Everyone has different diets. And drink water. I've discovered the key to drinking water. I shared last week I make a jug. Dye sees me. Every morning I make a jug. I, I crush uh, ginger into it. I cut chilies into it. I take mint from our garden and limes from our garden and I put that in and I, I drink a, a jug and a half of that, probably somewhere like three and a half liters of water a day or, you know, between around three liters of, a, a day. I know some people, Lale here, who was for a while drinking a gallon of water every day. Problem is you're visiting the restroom every 10 minutes, but that's fine. It's good for you. And we're going to be putting some of these things out uh, for you to, to learn. Water relieves fatigue. It flushes your system of all the toxins in your system. Ask Jeannie French here. She'll tell you. It improves your mood. It improves brain function. It promotes healthy skin. It boosts your immune system. It encourages weight loss. There are multiple things that it does. And choose a diet that works for you and stick to it, whatever it may be. You pick it. And then fifthly, exercise 20 minutes each day. 
exercise. Doesn't mean you've got to be in the gym sweating and grunting and, you know, busting your boiler. Go for a walk. Walk 20 minutes a day. And hey, here's a thought. You could combine point one, uh, point two with point five. You could walk and pray. And I'm going to do three things as much as I can. I'm going to walk. I'm going to take the dogs with me. And I'm going to pray at the same time. 20 minutes each day. I'm going to achieve three things at once. I'm going to talk to God. And hopefully the dogs will start to change as well as I talk to God. Whatever it may be, 20 minutes, that exercise is good for your soul, not just your body. Will you take the challenge? 52 days of rebuilding. On Tuesday, I'm going to share some more detail, and I want to encourage you all, if you can, to come and join us on Tuesday. It's when all of our leaders, our workers, our teams get together, our church, but it's for our whole church. And I'm going to share some more about that uh, in, and break it down. And over the coming weeks, look out on Tuesday. We're beginning. Tuesday is D-Day. Check out our Insta story. Check out our Insta posts. And we're going to be putting a Bible reading. Hey, in 52 days, you're going to read through the book of Nehemiah. You're going, <gasps> that's shocking. You know how many verses that is per day? Four. I think you can do that. I believe in you. Four verses a day, and we'll read through the book of Nehemiah in 52 weeks. As well as your own Bible reading. Who is there among you? Will you join us and do that? Will you get on board? It's time. Time for us to rebuild. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. For everyone that's watching online, I want to pray. I want to give an invitation too for people to respond to Christ. But the first thing I want to do is I want to pray as we embark on this 52 days. I want to pray for God to give us a revelation. Hey, this is not just something we're doing something because you heard me speak about it. But something I pray that you will get a revelation of. We have 52 days to do something to make this really count. Spirit, soul, and body. Get the word out. Share the concept with other people in your life and in your world. I know it will help them. And let's make it something that is transformative for the sake of the kingdom. Father, I pray for every person here. We all know that we have walls that have, the enemy has, has come against. Some which have been broken down some which have fallen away, structures, patterns in our lives that we had established but have fallen away over recent times. Today, Lord, we stand here as Nehemiah stood inspecting the damage of the walls. We stand. We want to approach this as we begin this. We go through the valley gate. We go through the gate of humility as we look at our lives from every angle. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to approach all that we do with an attitude of humility.
that we approach all that we do and finding that place of solitude and in the still of the night that you may speak to us as we meditate upon you as David did in the night watches. Give us strength, empower us, Holy Spirit, despite what the enemy might try to do to discourage or come against us. Lord, if we miss a day, let us continue. Let us not be discouraged, but let us keep moving forward into all that you have. And we thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you've never ever prayed a prayer to accept Christ as your Savior, I want to give you that opportunity today. And I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. You say, I don't know how, how to become a Christian. I, I, I don't deserve God's forgiveness. None of us deserves God's forgiveness. And becoming a Christian is not observing a set of rules and regulations. It's not a 52-day challenge. It comes simply by accepting what Christ did for us when He died on the cross outside those city walls of Jerusalem. And He took His our sins upon Himself so that we could be free from the punishment that we deserve for our sins. Not only pardoned, exonerated, as if we had never sinned because of what He has done, and I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. If you want to accept Christ as your Savior, you want to be born again, you want a fresh start, or you want to make a recommitment of your life to Christ, pray this with me if you would. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for a new beginning, for the gift of eternal life, and that I will never be the same again. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Would you give Jesus a big hand of praise? If you prayed that prayer, either online or here in person, we have a book we'd love to give you called Following Jesus. And we have a, a uh, group that meets every Sunday before our service from 9.15 through to just before the, our 10 a.m. service that goes through that book, which is on the foundations and fundamentals of our faith. And I know that you'll be encouraged as you do that. You'll grow in your faith. We'd love to give you that as a gift and help you to take the next step steps in your Christian walk and what I just outlined on the screens uh, there and what we just outlined in this message are some significant steps that you can take. Begin to talk to God. Read the, the Bible. Be in the house of God and apply those principles to your life. Amen. Who received the word today? Let's share, let's, let's share this with the people who are in our, in our world. And this uh, Tuesday night, I'm going to be here. Um, and I'd love you to be here as well. I'm just throwing this in. But I'm going to be here at 
great personal sacrifice. Just kidding. I got given tickets to a preview of the new James Bond movie, and it happens to be on Tuesday night. So as a true leader, I decided that I would go to the James Bond movie. No, I'm just kidding. As a true leader, I decided I will be here in the house of God because I am rebuilding something great and I am leading and doing what God called me to do. Going to be a great night, Tuesday night here. Uh, would love to see you. Father, I thank you for every person here. May you bless, keep, cause your favor to be upon each and every one. Make your face to shine upon us. Be gracious unto us now and evermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. Love you. See you Tuesday night and next Sunday. Don't forget the next seven weeks. God bless you. Says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. I've decided I'm not giving up. You won't give up on me. You won't give up on me. Your love is holding on and it won't let go. I feel it breaking out like an echo. Your love is holding on and it won't let go, no. I feel it breaking out, breaking out, breaking out. Your love is holding on and it won't let go. I feel it breaking out like an echo. Your love is holding on and it won't let go, no. I feel it breaking out like an echo, an echo in my soul. Have a great rest of your week, Newport Church. We'll see you next. We'll see you on Tuesday night.